Hey, welcome today. I'm so happy that you are joining us uh, wherever you're joining us from. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the big idea of the heartbeat of hope. I don't know if you know that hope has a heartbeat, but as we talked last week, there's a clarity that comes with, with hope. Uh, there's also a heartbeat that comes with hope. And so with that, um, we want to see how we can uh, move a little bit closer, uh, move a little bit further into the plans of God for our life, and that we would become more part of the solution at this time in history, that Christians would be seen uh, that we would be known as people who show up, who really care about the things that matter to the heart of God, that matter to people. And so right now, as you know, we are still in a uh, very turbulent time, a divided time, a disrupted time in our nation. As we look back just over the past few weeks, uh, over the past few months, first we have COVID and the big interruption that happens there. And then after we have COVID happen, uh, then we move into this other time um, where we begin to have um, some ripples again, first with Ahmad Arbery. Uh, and, I, and I say ripples, I don't want to understate what, what happened, but that there was a moment when the entire nation began to look at a situation after Ahmad Arbery's murder. And then after that, what happened was George Floyd was murdered. And then we began to have protests and riots happen, not just, here in 50, uh, not, not just here locally, but in 50 states and globally. So this is a moment in time. This is a moment in time that for a lot of people is producing a lot of concern. A lot of people feel overwhelmed right now. You may feel exhausted. You may feel tired. You may feel like you don't want to continue on any further in the process. That's where a lot of people are currently. And other people, other people feel angry. And other people feel furious. And wanting to change everything overnight. And they're in a sprint right now to change everything because they understand that there's a window of opportunity and they want to step in, they want to leverage this moment so that the injustices don't continue on again and again. And I believe that within the frustration and feeling overwhelmed and the anger and the outrage and everything else, that there's another side to life and that other side is the path of hope. And as we talked about last week, Hope requires three things, as Chan Hellman outlines in his book, Hope Rising. You need to have a target. You need to have something that you're fixed on, that you're focused on. Hope demands something that you're moving towards. There's a target that you're moving towards. The second thing that you need with hope is you need to have way power. You need to have a way going forward. You need to be able to, to say, this is the actual path that we're going on. Otherwise, you end up in the ditch. Otherwise, your efforts don't lead you where you actually want to go. And the third thing that you need with hope is you need willpower. And my big concern for us, my big concern for us as a nation, uh, as a world, and, and even regionally, locally, individually, is that you might be so overwhelmed right now. You might be so tired, you might be so exhausted in this process that you begin to lose the willpower to move forward. 
And so that's what today is all about, is how we continue forward, how we have the willpower to continue on to move in justice, to move forward with justice, and to move forward with love, and to be part of the solution Because this is what Jesus' followers historically have wanted to be about. Now, I'm not going to say all Jesus' followers have done this. In fact, a lot of Jesus' followers or people who have called themselves Jesus' followers have done terrible things throughout history in the name of Jesus. But at its very core, if you look at the teachings of Jesus, if you look at his original followers, that there was this desire for things to be on earth as they are in heaven. And so that's what we want to be about. That's what we want our lives to really count towards, is that things on earth would look like they are in heaven. And so in heaven, there's no racism. And so we work towards that here on earth. In heaven, there's no bitterness. And so we work towards that here on earth. In heaven, there's no rage. And so we work towards that on earth. And yet in all of this, there's complexity and there's Like, how do we walk this out as fragile humans who are made of dust, and yet we we have the divine treasure of heaven within us? Like, how do we walk this out? Because for me, there are days when I rage. There are days when I feel so tired of everything that I see around me. There are days when I feel like I'm going to lose my mind when I see injustice. There are moments in my life when I want to give up on what's happening. There are times when I feel so overwhelmed, so exhausted that I don't know if I feel like I can really continue on. And yet I believe that as the people of God, God has called us to live with his heartbeat, the heartbeat of heaven, and walk with the heartbeat of hope. And so that's what we're talking about today, is what does it look like to walk with a heartbeat of hope? And I believe what you'll see in Isaiah chapter 61, and Isaiah 61 is a blueprint for us, as Jesus said in Luke chapter 4, he actually read Isaiah 61 in talking about his ministry. He opened a scroll and he read it in front of everyone who was there, and he said, today this has been fulfilled. But what we want to do is look at Isaiah 61. If it's fulfilled, what does the outcome look like? And it says in Isaiah 61 verse 11, For as the soil makes the sprout come up and a garden causes seeds to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. So the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. Nations. Now, in the Old Testament, the words justice and righteousness are often used interchangeably. So, justice has this sense of fairness, and righteousness is this rightness with God. You don't have a relationship that is right with God when you're not living with fairness. God really cares about justice, His heartbeat is for justice. His heartbeat is for righteousness and something else that helps us continue forward in the sense of having willpower to go is this other word in there, praise. 
Now, I don't know about you, but a lot of times in my life, I kind of get into this either or mentality. So, you know, it's the people, let's just go by, by show of hands in here, uh, or you can actually, if you want to, you can share this online um, in the comments right now. Go ahead and type, go ahead and uh, share. You can share on emoji on this, but here we go. Uh, pizza or burger, what are you going to go with? If you have to choose either pizza or burger, what are you going with? Okay. What about this one? Um, ice cream or ice cream or froyo? Yeah, some of you wish that I said gelato. I didn't. I said ice cream or froyo because I'm not that bougie. Some of y'all are that bougie. Ice cream or froyo? If it's me, I'm going Andy's custard every time. One time for Andy's Custard, show, show some love to Andy's in the chat right now. Just drop as many hearts as you can right there. Um, let's say, though, if you're looking at, at the either-or spectrum, you know, would you rather go out and have Mexican food or would you rather have Italian food? We look at life often with either-or, Justin Bieber or Justin Timberlake. Like, which one are you going to do? And historically, it seems like, like the church has been like, hey, we at this church are all about praise. Like that's what we are about. We do worship, we do church, we do these things and we have this, uh, this orthodoxy. Like we have this way of doing things that, man, it is awesome. And then over here on the other side, we have a different taste in life. And it's, uh, it's not so much about the praise that happens at a place, but it's, we care about justice. We care about things that are happening in our city. We care about, you know, the welfare of all the people around us. We care about this. And what you often hear are these two camps almost go back and forth. And so often the praise camp ends up calling the people who care about justice, like social justice warriors. I don't think that caring about justice makes you a SJW. Like really? Like what are we talking about? That kind of looks like what God's about. He's the one who says the sovereign Lord will bring justice and righteousness, that the justice and righteousness, that this praise will spring up. That's God. And then on the other side, you have these people over here who sometimes look and they say, well, all you do is do it the right way. You're just so concerned with your uh, orthodoxy that you've forgotten your orthopraxy. <laughs> You're obsessed with the music and the songs and everything else, but you're missing the heartbeat of what God wants to do in the world. And friends, I think what we need to do is move out of the either or spectrum and live in a place of and, because God's heartbeat has and involved in it. It's not just praise, and it's not just justice as righteousness. God's heartbeat is praise and justice is righteousness. That there is a heartbeat from heaven that is all about justice and praise. It works just like your heart uh, contracts and relaxes. Your heart contracts with justice. Your heart relaxes in praise. It's this moment of just looking at God and saying, you know what, I'm going to push for justice, but I'm going to rest in praise. I'm not living in the either or, I'm living in and. 
because you have called me, you have made me, and so I worship you, but my worship doesn't stop with lip service, it moves into life service. This is all of me, I am in the game for what you want to do. And when I look at this big idea of a heartbeat of hope and justice and justice and praise, living from that place, if your heart was really beating and the beat was justice and praise, justice and praise, justice and praise, that's a beautiful heartbeat. That sounds like what heaven is all about. Let's look and see what happens when you really get into it. And the first thing I've noticed is that the heartbeat of hope comes from anointing and leads into a dangerous mission. The heartbeat of hope comes from anointing and leads into a dangerous mission. So it says this in Isaiah chapter 61, verse one. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. That's how Jesus' ministry really kicks off. He's not trying to do things in his own power. It's that the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has what does it say? Anointed me. I'm living not for the anointing, I'm living from the anointing. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. And from this place, from this position of power, I walk out my life in the authority of Jesus. So the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has, what? Anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. Here we go, number six on that. To comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew. What will they do? They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Aliens will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work, foreigners will work your fields and vineyards. I, let, like if we just pause there for a moment, like Isaiah 61 is Jesus' life. Like that's Jesus' life. He lived a life of and. I'm worshiping my father. I'm looking up to him and I'm living it out wherever I go because I know the mission that I'm on. And when you live from the anointing, you step into a dangerous mission to interrupt, to disrupt dark systems of oppression. You just look around and you go, hey, I wonder how we got to all of the evil in the world. I wonder if maybe there was somebody who was actually trying to create problems for people around and maybe that's why we have such poverty. Like maybe that's why we have such, um, such disparity in wealth. Maybe part of the reason that our culture is so racially divided, maybe there are some dark systems that are working in the background and followers of Jesus step right into it. They step right into it and they disrupt those things with the heartbeat of justice and praise. The challenge is when you hear something like this, you're like, wow, dark system. I mean, this sounds huge. It, it is huge. And so your part isn't to do all of it, but your part is to do some of it. 
And right now, maybe what it actually looks like isn't going and, you know, doing things that seem unattainable. Maybe what it actually looks like is friendship. Like, what a wild possibility. What a wild idea that today we might say, hey, you know, in a world that, yes, we do want to be allies. Yes, we do want to speak up for people. But um, let's, not just, let's not just be people who speak up for people. Let's be people who are friends, like, we don't just show up when the situation is bad. We're there in the good, too. Like, we know you well enough, you know me well enough, that you can show up on the good day, you can show up on the bad day. It's normal. And I believe that that's one of the things that Jesus is all about. You see it in his life. He's the friend of sinners. That he just welcomed people to himself. That Jesus' way of moving into a dangerous mission and upending the way that the world was was through arms that were really wide and welcoming and inviting people into relationship with them. If you don't have time for relationships, you may be missing out. I would say you are likely missing out on God's call for your life because God moves at the speed of relationships. Justice and praise aren't something that you just go into the world with a battle ax the dangerous activity of heaven is found when we sow seeds of discontent like love and peace and joy, the things that the world doesn't really want to experience or allow us to continue to plant. But what happens as time goes on, when you continue to step in, when you decide to live from the oil of gladness, when you decide to live from the spirit that is upon you, what ends up happening is this beautiful thing happens uh, in verse Verse three, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Like there's a time when the oaks weren't there. There's a time when you're planting, when you're starting small, when you're stepping in. And if you want to create something that's different, it's going to take time. That's why you're, it has to happen on the inside. This is one of the biggest shifts that I've come to in the past year is how I approach my faith and how I approach my walk with God. So for me in my life, a lot of it has actually been this idea of where do I go to find fulfillment? Where do I go to find joy? And the shift is that joy is an inside thing. Like where's the source? Because the source is where the power is. And if you're always searching for it on the outside, you'll miss the thing that the spirit wants to do on the inside. The spirit of the Lord is on me. And in the New Testament, we believe that the spirit of the Lord is in me. That the joy of the Lord is my strength. If you want willpower to continue forward, you can't just get there on your own. It's stepping into the things of God and the joy of the Lord is your strength. I'm telling you, some of you this week are going to experience something that you haven't given yourself permission to do in a long time. And that's something that God really wants and it's a beautiful form of praise and that's for you to start to play. You are so busy trying to 
fix everything and being angry and just trying to disrupt everything, that your heart is going to grow hard in the process. I know I've been there. And the Lord will invite you into the oil of gladness where you work hard, but then you play hard. And that when you play, you're actually trusting him and worshiping him with your trust. That play in and of itself. You didn't think when we were talking about the heartbeat of hope that we were gonna talk about playing. But if you think about it, kids have this incredible appetite to continue on every day. And why is that? It's because they love to play. They haven't grown old and tired on the inside. And G.K. Chesterton once said, he basically said, what if, what if it's not just that God is older than us? We often talk about that, but what if it, we have actually missed that God is younger than us? Because he has never grown old or weary through sin, but he is eternally young. He is eternally, like think about that. God hasn't grown old and crusty and tired with sin and with apathy and with cynicism. But instead, every day is a new day. He is eternal. He is constant. And he may just be younger than us. He may just be inviting you to step into the oil of gladness so that you don't just do this for a season, but you do it for a life. It's difficult to sustain it when you do it without joy. But I believe that when you accept what Jesus wants to do in and through you, you notice Jesus makes time to step away and be with his father, but it seems like Jesus has this ability to just continue on day after day and Jesus' heart always welcomed in the little children. He always had time for kids. And I wonder if it's just because Jesus hadn't let the world get so into his heart that he had lost the beauty of life, joy, and play. What would it look like this week to let yourself experience God in this way that as you're working on behalf of the change in the world, that you would also allow yourself to experience something good and beautiful and true on the inside. The second thing is this, the heartbeat of hope reminds you of your identity and leads you into passion. The heartbeat of hope reminds you of your identity and leads you into passion. So when you read Isaiah 61, you might end up feeling uh, a little unqualified or you might even end up feeling like maybe I'm arguing with what it says here because in verse six, it says, and you will be called priest of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations and in their riches you will boast. Instead of their shame, my people will receive a double portion and instead of disgrace, they will rejoice in their inheritance and so they will inherit a double portion, double portion in their land and everlasting joy will be theirs. This is crazy. Because you and I know exactly where we come from. We're very familiar with our flaws. We're very familiar with all of our struggles. Like, I, I, I don't have to tell you 
about all the things that you struggle with in life. You're very familiar with them. And if I share all of mine with you, you'd probably be like, hey, you know what? I'm right there with you on that. Or, hey, man, you're worse off than I am. And I very well may be. But what God calls us in this passage is you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. He sees you differently than you see you. I'm not talking about suit and tie or nice collar minister. What I'm talking about is a position in life in the kingdom that he's called you into. He's called you a minister. He's called you a priest. He's given you a different identity. He's taken you from a sinner saved by grace into a person who is saved, who would even be called a saint in the process because you're of the saved people of God. That God has changed your identity. And when God changes your identity, it's something that shifts on the inside. The heartbeat of hope reminds you of your identity and leads you into passion. Now check this out in verse 8. It says, for I, the Lord, love justice. I hate, ro- I hate robbery and iniquity. In my faithfulness, I will reward them and make an everlasting covenant with them. Who are you talking about there, God? He's talking about the, about the people he just was talking about. He's talking about the ministers and the priests. He's talking about the people of God. And when you step into your identity you also step into the Lord's passion because it's impossible for you to actually faithfully minister the things that God has called you into and not be part of what his heart is about. You'll only minister part of it. But if you wanna live in the fullness of what God has called you into, then you'll live in justice. You'll live for praise. Your heartbeat will continue on, justice and praise. You'll live for something bigger than yourself. You'll live for something stronger than yourself. You'll have a bigger imagination of what God can do and your heart will sustain it because you're focused on the mission ahead. When you step in to your identity, it leads you into the Lord's passion. And he says so clearly, I love justice. And you and I, we love justice. And if we ever wonder if we don't love justice, just have somebody walk into your home tonight. Have somebody walk into your living room uninvited walk into your kitchen and help themselves to all the food unrequested. What is that? That's not, that that food doesn't belong to you. Why not? It's mine. No, what you're doing isn't, it isn't fair. Justice, we all care about it because justice has to do with the rights that we have as human beings. And dignity is something that all people are given when they're created by God. 
In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. That there's this thing that happens in your life just by being a human. We don't give people dignity. We affirm the dignity that they already have. We care about justice because our Lord cares about justice. The heartbeat of hope. You look at Jesus. I mean, this is who he is. He's fighting on the behalf of the oppressed. He wasn't taking the convenient path. In fact, the path that he was on got him, if you will, in trouble with the elite more often than not. It reminds me of William Wallace, you know, who in Braveheart, they say, where are you going? And he says, I'm going to pick a fight. What's the fight about? The fight is about freedom. The fight is about what God is wanting to do in people's lives in this world. The fight is for everyone around you that the dignity that they've been given by God would be affirmed through how every person is treated. That's what justice is all about. And, you know, in the book of, of Amos, just share this passage with you. You know, in, in Amos chapter 5, verse 24, in the message, it says, Do you know what I want? I want justice, oceans of it. I want fairness, rivers of it. That's what I want. That's all I want. Like what I want is oceans of justice. I love it. When you act with justice, I love it. When you're faithful to it, when you're faithful to my heart towards people, I love it. And I want you to minister in that. And I want you to be priest of that. And I want you to praise me as you're walking it out in your life. Because I care about people. That's the heart of God. And the third thing that, that we see in the heartbeat of hope from Isaiah 61 is that the heartbeat of hope, oh, this is so good. This is going to really mess with some of you just as it did with me. The heartbeat of hope will shift you into delight and lead you to become part of the solution. The heartbeat of hope will lead you, it will shift you into delight. And it leads you to become part of the solution. Verse 10, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a hope and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness as a bridegroom adorns his head with, like a priest and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the soil makes the sprout come up and a garden causes seeds to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. That's what God wants. And what's going to really challenge you in this, if you're like me, is that God's going to call you to live different towards these things than you would do on your own. See, what I want to do 
is I just want all of the overwhelming nature of the situation, the exhaustion that seems to just come at me, the, the, the frustration, the anger, the outrage, all of it to just settle inside of me and then lash back at everything in the world and just become an angry, hateful person. Like it's so easy to become that today. And what God will call you into is delight. What God will call you into is delight. And for a lot of people, what's happened in their life, and this especially uh, applies to people who have been followers of Jesus for a long time, is that their life has been shaped so much by duty that they've forgotten about delight. But duty drives and love draws. Delight will lift your heart. Delight will give you willpower. Delight will allow you to continue forward when you don't want to continue on anymore. Delight. I'm just delighted. We don't say that very often, do we? I'm just delighted. But to delight is to enjoy. To let yourself really enjoy. To experience the goodness of God to experience his kindness and to let your heart actually enjoy how good he is, to delight in him, to absolutely love the one who has saved you, to enjoy, to be filled with joy, that the oil of gladness would come into your heart, that you would shift into delight and that you would approach life with delight. Now, the challenge is this. Here's the tension in it. Is my heart is delighted in the Lord, and yet he also tells me to weep with those who weep and to mourn with those who mourn. So my message to people around me isn't, oh, you're really hurting? Man, you just got to delight right now. No, because I've delighted myself in the Lord, I can be present with you in the pain. Because I've delighted myself in the Lord, I can mourn with those who mourn. I can weep with those who weep because I delight myself in the Lord. I'm not looking for everything else in the world to satisfy me. I'm looking for the Lord to satisfy me. I heard this quote the other day. I'm not a parent, but I heard this quote. It's interesting. It's, as a parent, you're only as happy as you're unhappiest kid. You're only as happy as your most troubled child. And if we shift that into, you know, just brothers and sisters, you're only as happy as your most troubled friend, as your most troubled brother, as your most troubled sister. I'm going to walk with delight in the Lord, understanding I'm sent by him to be part of the change. I'm sent by him to lift people's eyes. I'm sent by him to bring heaven to earth. I'm sent by him to be part of what Jesus is doing in and through people's lives. I'm sent by him to show up. And what does it say here at the beginning of Isaiah chapter 61? That he sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. 
that there is a really difficult world and situation that a lot of people are in, and you're sent to bind up the brokenhearted. You're sent to release the prisoner, to proclaim freedom for the captive. This is the calling of Jesus. If you're a follower of Jesus, you walk in his purpose and in his calling. This is what it looks like to encounter Jesus and to walk with the heartbeat of heaven is that your heart is about justice and your heart is about praise, that the beat of of heaven, the heartbeat of heaven, the heartbeat of hope is justice and praise, justice and praise, justice and praise, justice and praise. Because praise without justice is love that's in vain. Our worship has to move into our lives. It has to move and permeate everything that we do. And that's why delight shifts you into a different way of living. When you have the heartbeat of hope, it shifts you into delight and it leads you to become part of the solution. And that's an exciting thing. So just like imagine this. Like, what if at this moment in time, what God actually had for you to do was to be part of the solution? What if he actually sent you to be someone who brings revival through your prayer, who brings revival through your love? What if he sent you in this moment for a greater calling than you expect? What if you're actually called to set captives free? What if the Lord wanted to bring about things in your life? Like, can you imagine what might happen if you really just believed him on that and you said, God, I am in. Like justice and praise, justice and praise. I'm in, let's do it. I am locked in on you, Jesus, because this is your heartbeat. This is your, uh, this is your assignment and I am with you. If you are walking this out, I'm walking it out. And so because you did it like this, I'm gonna do it like, like this. Jesus, I am following you into the difficult path. I'm following you into the narrow path because that's the one that makes the difference for eternal life. Like what if God actually has greater plans for you to be part of the change, to be part of the solution that you would actually have your life on a different trajectory than it would be otherwise? What if it starts, not out there, but right here with a commitment to God, I'm going to live with justice and praise. You know, when you look at an oak tree, it's strong. He talks about how they'll be called oaks of righteousness, oaks of justice, (laughs) the working of God. And what God may be doing in your life right now, because you say, God, I want to be an oak of righteousness, is what he may be doing is he may be handing you an acorn, You say, I want to be an oak. You said, great, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to plant an acorn because in that acorn is an oak. And in that oak are thousands of more acorns, thousands of more oak trees within that one acorn. Like what if that 
is what God wants you to do, is to join him in planting justice and righteousness and praise right now at this time. And what we'll see is it sprouts up and the world has changed because of the little acts of kindness, love, mercy, compassion, diligence, faithfulness, all because you're walking with the heartbeat of hope. So God, I ask, as we pray now, I just ask that you would give us a new heart, a heart of flesh, not the heart of stone, but that our hearts would be soft right now, God, that we would experience your love and your life for us, that we would walk this out just as you walked it out, justice and praise being our heartbeat, and that we would step into the places that you step into, that we would speak up for what you speak up about, and that we would be the change, that we would be the change that we want to see in the world. We ask for all of this, and we praise you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.